In order to take care of others, we need to take care of ourselves. Self-care is also health care, here now and every day. So it's okay if you don't have it figured out. So hey everyone, thank you for joining us today. We are glad you're here. My name is Rennie and I'm joined by my co-host. Me, I'm Lexi. And we want to talk about mental health and healthcare and how saying you're not okay is okay. With us today, we have Aberna, who is a student of naturopathic medicine from the Canadian College of Naturopathic Medicine. So naturally, we are excited to have her on our show. Having done her undergraduate at Waterloo, located in Ontario, Canada, she is a huge advocate for self-care, and we are honored to talk with her today and gain some insight into her field and her personal journey. So hello, Aberna. How are you doing this beautiful morning? Hi, Lexi. I'm doing great. Thank you for having me. So, Alberna, um, why don't, if we could just get started, tell our listeners a little bit about yourself and where you were born and raised. Yeah, so I was born and raised in Toronto, Ontario. Um, I just recently graduated, like we said, from the Canadian College of Naturopathic Medicine during a global pandemic. So prior to that, I did my undergrad at the University of Waterloo in biology. So like I said, I'm currently studying for my boards. And after that, uh, I am hoping to be a licensed naturopathic. Interesting. And yeah. yeah, so overall, I would say like, I have a really strong passion for health and wellness. And that was definitely something that led me into the field. And so, Arena, have your parents or culture influenced your decision to be a doctor, like to go into this field? Or was it something that you just kind of woke up one day or just had a passion for off the get go? No, definitely. I didn't have a, I didn't even know what naturopathic medicine was uh, for a very long time. It was only like when I was in high school, I really, I wanted to be a doctor. So that was kind of what I went into uni with a vision of. I wanted to be a doctor and at the time it was a medical doctor because because that was love. And through the through going through uni and everything, I kind of kind of strayed away from that and decided that, you know, I wanted to stay in healthcare but not really a doctor. And I was exploring different options basically. And it wasn't until about third year where I went into a career fair at our school uh, after seeing a pamphlet. And I decided to kind of go check that out. I met a naturopathic doctor there and I really resonated with her presentation. So I approached her. I went and shadowed her after at her clinic. And that was probably the moment where I was like, yep, this is what I want to do. So, yeah, it took a long time to kind of figure yeah. that out. But... Uh, I eventually did. So, yeah. So, Averna, for those who don't know what naturopathic medicine is, would you be able to tell us mm-hmm. a little bit about its education and also how it differs from mainstream medicine? For sure. So, naturopathic medicine, what it requires to kind of go in is you need an undergraduate degree with uh, some required electives. And then after you do a four-year program at a naturopathic college, so there's about I believe there's two in Canada and a couple in the States that are accredited programs. 
And then after that, there are some board exams and you would be eligible to be a naturopathic doctor. So it's very similar to a medical doctor in terms of training. So we learn everything that MDs do in terms of like diagnosing, conditions and everything like that. But treatment is a bit different. So we use natural um, modalities to treat our patients. And this can range from like mechanical medicine to nutrition to traditional Chinese medicine, homeopathy, and there's, and there's a lot more. So it's kind of, yeah, it differs in that sense. So now that we know a little bit about, um, you know, Abirna's healthcare, I say let's get to know <laughs> a little bit about her self-care. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what were some obstacles that you faced and, you know, how have that how how has that impacted your mental health Hmm, okay I feel like my whole last nine years of school was a big (laughs) obstacle yeah (laughs) definitely (laughs) there's definitely been a lot of ups and downs it was never really linear for me right so a lot of contemplation changes and then finally finding out what I wanted to do Sometimes feeling, you know, hopeless, like there's nothing really set out for you. Um, sometimes I remember in undergrad, I would like, I would compare myself to others because they would be really passionate about something. And I, I felt like I didn't have something that w- I was really passionate about. So that it, itself kind of put me into like uh, a very like confused state, right? So It was only when I kind of started exploring different options and stepped out of my comfort zone that I found a profession that kind of aligned with me. And yeah, so it was definitely a a big obstacle in that sense, because going into university, I expected one thing and I came out with something completely different. Uh, Yeah, so I feel like a lot like during my undergraduate uh, career, I, I wasn't really focusing on myself and self-care was not a priority for me. It was only after I kind of figured out what I wanted to do, I started focusing on myself and putting self-care as a priority. And that really changed the game for me, for sure. Yeah. So, um, you know, Abirna, I was going <laughs> to, I forgot what I was going to ask for a second, but then I remember what I was going to ask. Um, you know, I, I don't, I, we talked about, you know, your culture and your background a few minutes back mm-hmm. and how that maybe you're kind of played into your decision to, because I know that you're big on recipes and like <laughs> um, creating, you know, um, yeah, things like that. But have you ever, because I know that I, because I, so I come from a Northeastern um like Northeast Indian background. Um, And I have various times, you know, throughout my undergraduate or even currently felt a little bit in parts of kind of like racism in the sense, like, you know, I would get like a weird eye from someone or like someone would Mm -hmm. uh, kind of look at me weirdly. So have you ever experienced that? And if you have, how does that make you feel? That is definitely something I felt. Um, it's like, it, it's like a racism that's kind of felt and not really head on experience. Yeah. Sometimes when you're the only kind of colored person in a group, you feel kind of left out or you can't relate to some things. 
and it they you feel kind of um i guess in a sense like inferior so it was yeah i feel like i definitely had some confidence issues in the beginning in terms of putting myself out there and feeling like that was a setback for me so yeah i just i think working on your self care and your confidence is a big thing to kind of overcome that and um more embracing your culture is really key for me too so before there was a time where i didn't want to tell people what i was or i would not want to eat certain foods in front of certain people because it just felt it just didn't feel right so yeah that's something i've overcome luckily but i i know that there's a lot of people who struggle with that and i i just really think it comes down to embracing where you come from and embracing your differences and you know it's it's a beautiful thing and you want to celebrate it and share it with as many people as you want so yeah, for sure. I mean, like, yeah. I love, um, you know, <laughs> like, not gonna lie, I love dressing up in my you know, Indian cultural clothes and taking yeah. selfies. But you know, it's, it's a lot more than that. And for sure, um, I personally, sometimes I am afraid to kind of be okay with expressing, you know, who I am based on my background and culture. And mm-hmm. so it's definitely true of what you said is like, you know, like, be confident, and like you know who you are and where you come from and because that is a big part of who you are for sure and sometimes it comes down to like education so in our school like uh, in naturopathic school there the majority was uh, Caucasian people so like uh, the people of color were I would say a minority in the school so we decided to start a cultural club And we embraced a lot of, my friend and I, we started a cultural club and we embraced all cultures. We had like, we had different like um, cultural days where we would explore people's cultures, talk about, you know, indigenous um, medicine and all of that. So that really brought a lot of education and a lot of people came and learned and they were very grateful for learning. So like, you know, stepping out of the comfort zone and doing something different can really help in that sense, I feel. Yeah, that is fantastic that you decided to do, um, like, create that club where you can have that identity and also, like, freely express yourself. Um, So, Aberna, I had another question for you. And so it has to do with um, what's your perspective on mental stigma in, like, in naturopathic medicine for, like, your other colleagues? So I know sometimes in mainstream medicine as well that, you know, depression, anxiety, any type of mental health um, illness, we sometimes forget that those professionals can have those illnesses as well. And so what's your perspective on that in the naturopathic view for naturopathic medicine, like professionals and students to have? And how do you like support each other through that? Yeah, so I feel that in the naturopathic medical field, mental health struggles are more embraced. And it's kind of viewed as a contribution to someone's overall health more than in, let's say, other medical fields. So mm-hmm. I find that as a very helpful attribute to naturopathic medicine. Because sometimes, you know, as healthcare professionals, people are like put on pedestals and, and they're just like thought, thought to be this perfect individual with no mental health struggles. But that's like far from the case, right? 
everyone kind of has their own mental health struggles and it's important to kind of talk about it. So I feel like the naturopathic community is very open to that. And yeah, mental health is definitely considered a priority, I would say, when looking at someone's overall health. So it's it's definitely helpful. Like I feel I was more supported in my last four years at naturopathic medical school compared to when I was an undergrad. I felt like I wasn't more I wasn't open with my feelings and my emotions and my struggles as I was in undergrad as I was when I was in medical school. Um so yeah. Verna, I know you talk about how like you know the naturopathic medicine house is very vel- it's very it's really welcoming to um, mm-hmm. individuals who are going through their own uh, mental health um, situations or problems or illnesses or well-being and you know focusing on that but what advice do you have for you know kind of overcoming that stigma that may exist for some people to not want to talk about mm-hmm. their mental health and how can they kind of overcome that so I feel like it there's always a conflict within yourself, right? But it's important to continue sharing your story, whether it be on social media or with a friend, like always kind of resort to your support group because it's it's very hard to keep it all in your head because then that's just occupying space in your head. You want to kind of let it out, whether that be talking to someone or even gratitude journaling or journaling in general. Sometimes you just have to write it out on a piece of paper and take it out of your head, right? So I feel like those, that's very important in terms of kind of expressing your, your feelings. And I feel the more we talk about it, and the more it's normalized, the stigma kind of eventually fades away. So as medical professionals, and like healthcare students, we have the opportunity to educate, share resources, we can hold seminars, workshops, whatever be to help you know normalize mental health Mm -hmm. sometimes that's just all we kind of need we just need to talk about it a bit more so um with normalizing mental health what type of advice would you give to students who think that they'll never really reach their educational goals feel like failures when like have that self-doubt and like Mm -hmm. which impacts their mental well-being like what advice would you give to the students who are trying to reach their like their dreams and aspirations and just are having a little bit of a hard time on the educational side of that and do you have an experience that they can relate to as well yeah for sure I feel like um it's it's very common to be feeling overwhelmed and confused when you're when you're in school especially when you're you don't know exactly what you're going to do and that kind of that kind of feeling kind of never fades away unless like you really know what you're going to do. So I think it's important to practice self-care so that you can cope with your stressors. Because like I said, life is like never really linear, mm-hmm. like a zigzag. So stressors are always going to be coming at you. So it's all about learning how to cope and reaching out to people. I feel that when you're kind of in that confused, don't know what to do state, it's important to kind of do your research, explore, step out of your com- comfort zone. I, what personally worked for me was going and shadowing people. So like I shadowed an optometrist, I shadowed a doctor, I shadowed a naturopathic doctor, and that kind of helped me 
kind of realize what the profession is about and learn more from an individual who's currently in that profession. And that really helped me kind of narrow down what I wanted to do. And sometimes, you know, you might, you might be even in pre-med and you want to, and you later decide that healthcare and science is not for you. And that's okay too, right? It, you're never really restricted to one thing, even regardless of what society or surroundings are saying, like, you just have to stay true to yourself, your passions, and everything else will kind of line in place. For sure. Um, so on yeah. a more, like, lighter or, like, uh, cool <laughs> note, um, so mm-hmm. Lexi the other day, uh, or a few days ago, um, because she follows your page a lot, sent me one of Aww. your recipes. Um, I think it was the, the vegan flourless black bean brownie. Yeah, it was that one. Yeah. And I, because, you know, I mean, like, we're, like, in quarantine, I have nothing better to do, <laughs> so <laughs> I, I made it, and can I just say, like, I loved it, like, I loved the way it turned out, so I yeah, have to ask amazing. you, yeah, I, I have mm-hmm. to ask you, what's your favorite recipe, like, out of everything that you've made, what's your, like, to-go mm-hmm. recipe uh, when you're like craving something like sweet or savory and you have more coming up for your pages <laughs> <laughs> yes I've been a bit busy but I'm, I really want to add some more like it's it, it can be difficult to like create a whole video and put it out but like I definitely I'm coming up with some more so don't you worry <laughs> um yeah the black bean one is great you can't even taste the black bean which is the best part because you're getting that protein without mm-hmm. the taste of it um, I would say my top go-to one is probably like my oatmeal cookies. I really love those and they're super easy to make. So sometimes I just make them and the batch would be done like the next day. They looked yeah, good I too. Good. I was debating between yeah. making that one and the brownie and then I was like, ah, oh, brownie. <laughs> I, I feel like the oatmeal one I have like ingrained in my head. I don't ha- even have to look, re-look at my recipe. I just like put it on a bowl and it comes out. So I'm like, this is this is the one. <laughs> You're like ready for the sugar rush factory. <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> Fantastic. And then I'm just gonna um, ask you one more question. Um, so, mm-hmm. what impact has healthy eating had on your life? Because on your TikToks and on your page, you really emphasize, mm-hmm. you know, healthy eating, clean eating. Um, what what impact has that really? Like, were you always a healthy eater, or did that kind of? start as you started studying naturopathic medicine and then have you noticed a switch from eating processed foods to healthy foods yeah for sure so I wasn't always a healthy eater um in undergrad I don't think I ate well but I don't think I really I think I was I thought I ate well but I really didn't um I would use my stressful periods as an excuse to really eat junk food and not really like everyone (laughs) yeah for sure and like during exams like food was not a priority it was just like whatever goes in can go in as long as it like takes away that hunger feeling I'm good right mm-hmm. and I personally think that's really unhealthy and I, during naturopathic med school well I did like a complete changeover and I noticed a complete you know difference in how I managed my stress because I feel that healthy eating is so important for your mental health. And there's even a relationship between our gut and the, and our brain, right? So mm-hmm. 90% of like serotonin, which is like our happy mood regulating hormone is made in our digestive tract. So there's a big connection with mood and what we put in our body. So I personally like to, you know, 
make healthy eating a priority. And I've seen a major difference in mental health, just mood, overall general mood and stress management. And, you know, I feel like I c- if I could go back to my undergraduate time, I would totally kind of change it up so that my exams were not as stressful. Yeah. For me, it was not, li- it was not a, like a cold turkey, get rid of all my junk food and, you know, uh, here's all the vegetables. It was, it was, it started with like little changes. So I would say like, it's better adding things first. So if you're not getting a lot of vegetables in, adding vegetables to your current diet, vegetables, fruits, whatever it may be. And then I would say the next step is like, like if you're drinking, like just pick one thing and kind of work on that. So like for me, one of the first things was like getting rid of pop. Like I don't drink pop, but like before I would drink it here and there and then cutting out sugars. Like, you know, it's good to enjoy it here for the most part. I don't, or I have, a, I have an alternative, like a healthier alternative. So like a lot of my baking recipes, it's like, you don't see like the refined sugars in there. It's always like something like a banana or, or a mm-hmm. honey or a little bit of honey to kind of sweeten something up. So like doing uh, little changes um, and you kind of have to kind of evaluate your current diet and see what you want to change first. And then slowly, like it's a process for sure. Yeah. And I would yeah. say like trying new recipes and yeah, trying new recipes. So now it's like you tried that bro- black bean brownie recipe and it tastes just as great as like a regular brownie. So it's like, now I'm going to, now I'm going to make this as a brownie. Like I'm not going to, you know, really go make a sugar filled brownie because this tastes great. And I'm going to, I'm going to do this now. So like, that's a change in your mm. kind of lifestyle. Right. So yeah, it's very slow, but it can be very slow. So yeah, it's all, it's just like, you have to put your mind in it and really put that effort in. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. The baby steps get you there. Baby steps for sure. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So Roberta, for our listeners (laughs) who want to learn more about you and who are interested in, you know, healthy eating, self-care, holistic approaches, where can they find Mm -hmm. you? So on Instagram and TikTok, I'm a Berna.k. So you can find me there. Uh, so A-B-I-R-N-A dot K. Yeah. Perfect. And hoping to post more recipes soon. So keep an eye for that. <laughs> yes. <laughs> We're yeah. very excited. So thank uh, you so yeah. much for joining us today, um, Aberna. It was a, a pleasure talking to you and the things that we learned about your experience and healthy eating and self-care were just um, really touching. I definitely learned a lot um, about, you know, how I shouldn't go cold turkey and I should take baby steps um, mm-hmm. <laughs> towards healthy eating and self-care. Awesome. Thank you so yes. much for having me. I'm so grateful to be featured on this podcast. So thank you so much. And that's a wrap for today's episode. Thank you for joining us. And remember, until next time, get your self-care together. And when we say self-care, we mean confidence, awareness, reflection, and empowerment. Thanks for joining us. See you next time. You can follow us on Instagram at mentalhealth.together. Have a great day.